welcome to a fantastically brand new episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard, I shall be your host for this evening. And tonight is a return show. It is the return of a man, the Auburn warrior himself. The man who's gone out with sword and shield. The man who's turned himself into an assassin. This is the second part of The Man Who Souls the World, and it's called The Painted World of Paddy's Minis. I bring you the fantastic Patrick Smith. Oh, that was maybe the best intro I've ever had. There you go. How about that? that? I mean, I've been working on that for like 20 seconds now. That's that's enough seconds. Thing is, what you've done there is you've built me up to the point where I think I'm actually now too good for the show. And I might just get up and walk <laughs> off. I think I'm too good for it now. <laughs> Don't make me laugh too much because I'm still getting over this uh, this man cough that I've had for the last kind of week, which I've kind of been coughing away. But how the devil are you, son? I'm I'm just I'm just delightful. I am just delightful. I've been Absolutely. rolling many dice and playing with many small pieces of cardboard in many interesting ways. This is fantastic. We shall hear about all these ways. Now, so for people who people who have not heard us of us before, the reason that we do this is because there is quite simply not enough podcasts out there about board games. And the other reason that we do this is I don't think there's enough podcasts out there that Patrick Smithson. And we say that out loud. <laughs> there's a gap in the market, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> there's simply simply not enough a regular occurrence that I thought. Well, we've been talking about this for a while, and it's just you just had to come back on. There was no, there was no two ways about it. Um, quite simply, it just had to happen. So we're going to talk some cardboard. We're going to talk some a little bit of other stuff. But first of all, um, let's have a let's have a little chat. Let's have a look. What you been playing recently? Oh, in recently? fact, no. I tell you what. Strike that. Ooh. What are you drinking? What am I drinking? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yes. Well, to my to my left, uh, yes. in a in a large mug that I actually painted myself. Um, okay. We took my mum out for her birthday a couple of years ago, uh, and I, I painted a mug myself and did a really bad job of it um, with with art from the show Gurren Lagann. Um, mm-hmm. I did a bad bad job. Turns out children can paint better than me. Uh, <laughs> but in in this mug, well, atop atop the mug, uh, atop the mug rests a cosy that actually keeps the tea warm. Uh, while I'm drinking it, so I'm be placing that on and off as we go. Yes. Uh, inside of the mug is uh, is well, those who know me well will know that it's a tea. It it is a tea. Uh, it is a tea. It is a Christmas tea. And I know we're mid January, end of January now, but I've got a lot of it, and I'm getting through it. It is a Christmas tea uh, purchased from All About Tea, which is based in Portsmouth, where I live. Um, and it's a lovely orangey uh, cinnamon. Uh, there are cloves in it as well. It's a really nice warming winter tea. It tastes a lot like Christmas, if Christmas was a tea. See, that just sounds fantastic. I'm already, I can I can feel the taste coming down the headset. You know, it's, I'm feeling slightly it, 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 warm. Maybe that's why I'm so warm at the moment, because it's very, very warm in my room <laughs> at the moment. And maybe it's maybe it's the tea that's doing it. Um, maybe what, it what are you drinking? What, what, I'm curious. I have gone for um, uh, I think it's called uh, I think it's called uh, Tesco tea. Tes- Tesco, uh, expen- I've heard of it. Yes, <coughs> Tesco's. It is Tesco's. It is the. Um, it's kind of like a. It's a kind of I don't know. It's 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 brown. It comes in a tin. It says it's intense. Um, it tastes quite nice, and it kind of keeps me awake. 
which is fantastic. And it's hopefully going to keep my throat well oiled, because otherwise I'm just going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, sort of hit the, the Barry White part of the podcast. Could Yeah, we could do that, and then we could just break into a fantastic song. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's do, well, you know, you've already set the bar with the the, cold, the whole um, Rick Astley side of things on um, Twin Humanities. So if we want to jump in, because I'm aware that for those who maybe haven't heard of Paddy before, um, he is um, he is a member of the Twin Humanities podcast. And Twin Humanities uh, is himself and the fantastic Mr. CJ that... Um, they get together and they talk about two different types of things. They've either got Twin Humanities, where they talk about Dark Souls and everything that that encompasses. And then they've got All the Humanities. Is that right? That's great. You don't where... even need me at the moment. This is great. <laughs> this is, yeah, just drink I'm just going to sit back and have some tea. You carry on. Ding, ding, ding. And it's All the Humanities, where you talk about um, basically fantastic geek stuff, where you talk about your comics and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and um, CJ talks about um, Ultraman and everything along those lines, and it's just such a good listen. So if you haven't checked out before, once you've listened to this, or doesn't matter, stop this in the middle, go and check them out, because they are very, very good at what they do. But we are here to talk about cardboard. And as we said before, I interrupted myself and then interrupted myself again. What you been playing? <laughs> Very schizophrenic <laughs> start, I like it. Did you like it? Um, well, my first, my first pick on, on tonight's show, um, after listening to an older episode of We're Not Wizards, which is this lovely little podcast I've heard of recently, you might oh, know it. Thanks, go. Uh, you it. had an episode with the guys designing the uh, Moriarty's Web uh, Sherlock Holmes yes. game. Yes, yes, yes. Whose name has suddenly completely escaped me. Uh, Jim Kiefer. That's the one. Very good. Uh, and... During the chat, you were talking. He was talking about uh, he used to work for MB for Milton Bradley, uh, yeah. and some of the games he's designed uh, when he was working there. One of the ones that came up that sounded brilliant uh, was a game called Thunder Road. Uh, oh which yes, I heard described as Mad Max as a board game. I was like, that sounds cool. Fast forward about a week, and I was in my wife's shop. We both work for charity shops. Uh, I was in my wife's store, and I look at the the board game section, and lo and behold. Hey boy, there's a copy of Thunder Road with everything in it, and I'm like, well, I mean, here's my Are money. Are you joking me? I'm happy. Have you it, seen him? Uh, have you seen how much those things go for? Uh, on five, eBay, five pounds to me. Really, five pounds. <sighs> wasn't it in it the best nick, the but it, it wasn't in the best nick. But it is all just about there. Yeah, a couple of the cars are missing an engine here and there, but they, that makes no difference whatsoever. You can just put them in the shop. Yeah, <laughs> get get on get honest, Tony. To Does, work on it with Greasy Mike, and yeah. be straight straight back out there. Just clip a tiny piece of plastic sprue off and stick it in and paint it black. It'll be fine. What was the what was the feelings that were going through? What kind of emotions did you feel when you saw that Thunder Road was sitting there and could be yours? I I think I actually giggled out loud. I think I did it. <laughs> I know that one. I've heard uh, Laura. Laura, I know this one. Can we get it? <laughs> and she then said uh, why, so I explained why. Um, oh, exactly. And she, she actually, when it came in, she saw it and she thought it looked fun. Uh, but you know, just, you just put things out when you're at the shop. You know, you see things and think, ah, and then you put them on the shelf. Um, yeah. So I, I whizzed upstairs quickly, had a quick look through, made sure it was all there, and it was. Uh, and then it's like, well, this is clearly coming home, isn't it? So uh, home it came. Um, and then uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, uh, we had our 
our regular our regular board game pals round for a night, and we we busted out Thunder Road and, and we gave it a go. And how did you get on? For though, well, okay, do you want to explain kind of because Thunder Road for maybe the people that aren't aware of it, what is it all about? I mean, it sounds maybe a little bit self-explanatory, but if you wanna okay. tell the good people out there, so there's this road, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Thunder Road is basically uh, an off-road, uh, sort of post-apocalyptic Mad Max. Let's just say it's Mad Max. It's Mad it's Max. It's the last half. Hour, it's the last half hour of Mad Max, isn't it? Yeah, the original it's the bit with the driving. Mad Max kind of two. Yeah, yeah, Matt. It's the it's the bit with the the big driving. Yeah. Um, yeah. You are in charge of a team of cars. Um, you have uh, like a small one, a medium one, and a big one. Uh, and you also have a helicopter, which will come into play later. Uh, and the aim yeah. of the game is to drive your cars. Fast and ahead of the other cars, and basically leave them behind. Um, and the way you accomplish that is, depending on how many players you've got, you, you kind of take turns. You go around the board. Um, you'll roll three dice uh, for your three cars, and you'll pick which one of the dice is the movement for which one of your cars. So you roll a six, a five, and a two. Yeah. So you think, well, that car's quite far behind, so we'll use the six to to catch him back up. Or you can say, well, that car I've got there is really far ahead, so we'll use the six on him, and we'll move him miles ahead, and they'll never catch him. Yeah. So you choose which car you want to drive which way. Uh, and on the way, you can bash into and shoot the other cars. So if you end up behind them, you can shoot them. Or if you want to drive through them, you can kind of roll damage at each other to try and knock each other over. Um, if your car comes off worse for wear in that scenario, you kind of just tilt it on its side so it's fallen over. Um, and it becomes a wreck or something like that. Not quite. Well, it, it sort of wrecks. It sits there for a while. But then when it comes around to your turn again, you roll all three movement dice anyway. And if you roll two sixes, you can wake one of your cars back up. So they're still oh. in the game. As long as the plastic's on the board, they're still in the game. Um, the cars have rankings. The little car is ranked four. Uh, medium yeah. cars rank five. Big cars rank six. And that's the number you've got to roll to destroy it. So the big car takes a bit of doing. Um you also get a helicopter, and once per turn, you can plop your helicopter down uh, on half of the board and choose one car to shoot. Uh, and if you roll the number or higher of that car, then you've shot it and you've knocked that car over. Um, and that play progresses like this, you know, with you weaving around each other. And if, if you end up on the road in the middle, you can go a bit faster or you can yeah. go onto the empty bits on the side and drive slower but safer, uh, which is fun. And as one car, so the board is constructed of two halves, like these two bits of road that connect together long and straight. As the yeah. first car drives off the edge of the board, so as it makes its way across to the end, you pick up the back half of the board, you tip everything off of that, and then you place it in front of the first half. So you're basically building the road ahead. Imagine trying to build uh, a path over lava, and you've just got two things to stand on. So you walk forward, and you move the one in front, and you walk forward, and you move the next one in front. It's like was, that. Yeah, it's kind of like that. I was also thinking it's a, li- a tiny, tiny little bit about like Wallace and Gromit in the wrong trousers, where Gromit's got the box of railways and he's sticking it out in front of him. Yes. Just but as the train's it... kind of going along. Except the big difference being that somebody behind him is ripping up the track behind him as they go as well. That's it. So it could be, it could almost be like Magneto. In days of future past. Ooh. So if you've got Wall, if you've got Gromit at the front of the train, and you've got Magneto at the back of the train, he's ripping up the rails while Gromit's putting them down. And you've been you reading caught, my fan fiction, haven't you? <laughs> I, I actually, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm your biggest fan. One hundred one. I'm that <laughs> user guy. I'm well into this. <laughs> 
So yeah, so that's that's how it goes. So mm. there's no there's no cracking toast, Gromit, but there is kind of this kind of continual threat of do I slow down and take the people out around me? Mm. Or do I rush ahead and in the aim of trying to get folk kind of yeah. knocked off the back? But if you rush you ahead, have... if you rush ahead, yeah. then you become the target of everybody else's helicopter. <laughs> because each helicopter, you can attack uh, a chunk of the board. So you yeah. can attack the back half of the board and then the front half of the board. And until you've then moved the board along, the helicopter can't attack again until you've got the next chunk of board down. Yeah. So you can you can't just kind of keep throwing the helicopter at the same one in front. You've got to wait until the board's moved on, so you can't just spam it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, what happened in our game uh, is that we had a, a four-player game, and my my wife Laura got some lucky rolls uh, and just shot off in the lead, knocked us all out of the way. All of us fell before her car, and she just <laughs> drove off into the distance and was leaving us all for dust. Which did then mean that we all focused all of our helicopters on that one car. Um, and when we did got you not it, get did you good. not get the look? Did you not get the look when you were racing ahead and you were about to? I mean, I'm going to go and attack. I'm going not going to attack Laura because she's looking at me like I'm going to get in a lot of trouble if I well, do attack when, her. When cardboard is concerned, um, all bets are off. We actually take Whoa. off our wedding rings when we play board games. It's it's, <laughs> it's easier that way. There's no ties that, that way. Is that just in case it ends up in a slapping fight? Yeah, gives you a backhander. Yeah, because hers like, has got more bits in it than mine has, so it hurts. I more. suppose. Yeah. Yeah, mm. you don't want to get you don't want to get a little diamond stuck in your teeth. You don't want that. You know, it's expensive Definitely. to repair. This is better for all all just you know bare hand fighting, not with you know not with side of dusters. the eye and stuff like that. Or even exactly. if you got you at the edge of the nose. I mean, you know, I mean, wedding and engagement rings and stuff like that are all fantastic. But I mean, if they catch you in the wrong place at the wrong time, it's all fun and ouch. games till someone loses an eye, eh? Exactly. <laughs> it's all fun and games till someone losses an eye. Um, so what happened Jesse is we, we knocked over, we knocked Laura over. Uh, we got her car yeah. finally, and because she got so far ahead, we all picked on her for a while. Uh, huh. And then uh, Lauren, who's our, our other one of our other friends, then just got just somehow just rolled some incredibly lucky dice and screamed ahead of us and, and won it. Uh, and we got to the end, and it was a hell of a good game. And if we weren't on limited time, we would have played it immediately again. It was that good. Really, really fun. Simple, easy to get into. To be fair, if you're interested and you want to, like, you can't find a copy anywhere. Um, yeah, it's easy enough that with a couple of matchbox cars and a couple of bits of, you know, decent sized cardboard you could draw on, you could make a functioning copy yourself. Absolutely. All, all you need is a few matchbox cars, maybe um, two big bits of board and some dice, and you're off. Basically, it's really, really fun. Or you could get the Lego minifigure cars that you get. <gasps> Ooh. Because they've, they've got little weapons on them. And all the characters have got little weapons on them as well. Ooh. And you could actually, you've got a Bane, and it's a little tiny Bane, because the minifigure characters, they've not got the bendable legs. They've got the smaller legs. The little so chunky legs. About, <clears throat> yes, yeah, so they're about a, maybe a quarter of a centimetre smaller than your normal Lego characters. And they come with these little mini minifigure car things. That look like Mad Max. God, oh, I'm into that. There you, there you go. I'm into that. There we go. There, there, there's, ab- your, there's your game then. <clears throat> Thunder Lego fun, then. Road. <laughs> yeah, that could work. That could maybe even work better. You could maybe get a decent... Well, you could easily get a road out of that. You just maybe have to maybe make a bigger map. Yeah, and it'll be multicoloured, but... Yeah. You have your bits of green, your bits of blue, and there'll be a couple of windows on the side. But it'll be a road. Ah, oh, that could be fantastic. As long as your imagination's think- there, you'll be fine. Well, you know, 
Come with me and, and we'll be in a world of pure imagination. <laughs> um, I'm not even going to sing that. I'm tempted because it's one of my favourite songs ever, but I'm not. But there you go. Lego Mini Cars, Thunder Road. Um, yeah, brilliant. I couldn't believe it, after, after hearing it on the show, after hearing it on yeah. the show and then finding it a week later, I was like, well, that's meant to be, isn't it? Here we go. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was a case of like you. When I was speaking to Jim about it, Jim goes, "I invented Thunder Road," and I was just like, "What? You invented Thunder Road? Are you just like you just saying that just to kind of like you seeing what you can get away with? You just totally, you know, as like he went from like here's an interesting guest to here's an interesting hero." Thunder Roads is one of these games that you can be quite... I mean, sounds like you, you had a fantastic little find there, Paddy, but it is one of these games you can see on eBay, and I think it goes anywhere between about... It depends, because if somebody's auctioning it off, and if you get lucky, you can maybe get it for about 25 quid. But I have Ooh. seen people selling kind of really, really decent mint copies for like 40 quid, 45 pounds. It depends. Interesting. It needs a little bit of a look around. And there's mm. obviously... There's other... I think there's other close games going about that emulate it, but there's never be. There's only ever going to be one Thunder Road. Only ever one Thunder Road. Sounds like you had fun. Also, interestingly enough, last time we spoke, one of the things you spoke about was getting people together to play some more kind of cardboard stuff. So has this now become a regular thing? It it has, yeah. Well, sort of. Sort of. Right. It's actually, um, well, we're actually a Dungeons and Dragons group, and we do the board games when we can't be bothered to do the Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. Yeah. The circle is complete. It's happened again. <laughs> because I, I remember you kind of, um, us having a conversation and you saying, um, I got some minis and I've been painting some minis. Mm-hmm. Hence the title of the show and the, the tenuous connection I'm trying to bring in to make sure that we mention what I mentioned in the title of the show. But <laughs> I'm not going to change the title of the show because I thought it was a good one. Um, <clears throat> but you went out, you got some minis, um, and you started painting them. I did, yeah. Um, I got them from my uh, Judge Dread Gangs of Mega City 1 game that we picked up while we were on honeymoon two and a bit years Ooh. ago now. Um, and I had a bit of time off over my, uh, sort of over, over summer, and yeah. Do you know when you just get in the mood to think? Do you know what I'm doing this this week? We're we're doing it. Let's get come on, get get the tiny boys out. Come on, let's get the glue, <laughs> get the undercoat, get, get the, the small tiny boys. We're gonna boys out. we're gonna we're gonna paint up some boys now. Um. So I, had I had I built them at the last time we were talking, or had I even started? Yeah. Um. I don't think I don't think you'd actually gone ahead and started them. I think you'd maybe mucked around with them a bit, but I don't know if you'd kind of like completely built them up. But well, I finished them now. Whoa. They're they're done. I have two lovely six man gangs of 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 boys, of tiny boys. Everything's a boy these days. Um, so yeah. I, uh, I I grabbed my uh, my Warhammer painting starter kit from the Warhammer shop. Uh, and the uh-huh. guy was very friendly, and it was like, "Oh, you should come and you should come and learn to paint." And uh, I'm sure that's good for some people. I was like, "I'm, I'm okay. I'm 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 fine. I'll I'll just go home quietly and sit in front of my TV." He's like, "Come on, just be one of us." Yeah. How many other pe- how many other people come along to the painting night? Um, there's just me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some really experienced painters that come. Oh, what, who are they? Uh, me. Exactly. But um, um I mean, if you want to see, was it? One of the other guests that we had, Gary Gary Devereaux, who was on a while ago, 
and uh, he his he's doing his Kickstarter, which is all about models, and he regularly is putting videos up about painting stuff, and he's one of these guys that's able to take something that's about, you know, two centimeters high and make you look at it and cry and wish you had enough money to you know to even begin to be able to paint like that because the stuff that they're doing is just. You know, you used to see the old Games Workshop kind of competitions and stuff mm. like that. That's the type of stuff this guy does. You know, you give him, like, something about two centimetres high, he turns it around and goes, there you go, art. I really hate <laughs> talented people, don't you? I, I just hate them. Toilet. Why can't I, I do the things that they can do? I mean, um, I mean, sure, they've got, you know, years of practice and skill and talent and all that things, but why... No, <laughs> why can't there be a button or a pill? Why mm. can't there be a vote? I want to be able to paint and then have people vote that I'm the best painter, even though I might not be the best painter, and then I win a title saying I'm the best painter. Well, that's an alternative fact, isn't it? To... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, come on. We live in the post-fact world. I am the best painter. There we go. Uh, there you go. I am the best painter. I'll hire a press secretary to tell everyone that my painter oh. painted better than anyone else's. <coughs> oh, look, you made me cough. Oh, it's not. It's not a close cough. It's a far cough. Um. Anyway. <laughs> so, how many figures have you painted? Uh, so I've painted uh, twelve. Uh, twelve boys. Oh, right. um, they've got steadily better and better as well. Like, I, I initially just started with one and did just mm. a shocking job of it. Really bad job. Um. But then, about sort of by three or four, I kind of had the idea of what I needed to do, like the order I needed to do stuff in. Um, yeah. Because I was just kind of grabbing paint and just slapping it on willy nilly and getting frustrated when it wasn't going where I wanted to. And I think I, I was using some paint I already had. It was some, like, I think it was acrylic paint. It oh, was right, paint to okay. go on Airfix kits. So you don't spray it over first. You just put it straight on. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't going very well on these models that I'd base coated with the, oh, the right, Warhammer okay. base coat. And it's like, this this is terrible. It's all see-through. What's going on? And it, it's I, that's when I went and bought the little paint set. I had maybe 12 of the paints that have got the lovely names. Um, Abaddon Black and Mephiston Red. And Balthazar Gold. They're still giving them the funny names rather yeah. than calling them. Because they used to be like Bone Yellow. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That, the, gun, the gun colour, Lead, lead Belcher. <laughs> oh, that feels good to say. Oh, that sounds lead so good. That Belcher. sounds fantastic. Yeah. Exactly. You might just go in and just repeatedly buy Lead Belcher just so you can just ask for it yeah. again and again. Until the guy turns around and says, and gives you a pot and says, I'll give you another pot if you come along on Wednesday night and do some painting with us. Please. <laughs> <laughs> the hard sell really is there, isn't it? Did you play, uh, um, did you play, did you play Dread then? I mean, have you got as far as actually getting no. the little boys out and, and getting a shot them? <laughs> Steady. Um, we've, <laughs> <laughs> I've finished painting my boys. Uh, uh, I finished actually painting them last week, in fact. I'd, I'd done about eight of them. And hmm. I, do you know what? You know what it's like. You kind of you put them away. You think I'll do them again another night, and yeah. just because they're in the cupboard, I just forgot all about them. Um, yeah. And again, just uh, Laura's been playing a lot of Final Fantasy 15 recently, and I've had a lot of time on my hands, so I thought I'm going to finish them off. So I got the rest, the last four out, and I what I did is I actually did them at the same time rather than just doing one at a time. So I, I got yeah. all four out, and I said, right, brown. Let's get the brown right. Your trousers, your hair. I'm going to do your jumper. In brown, there we go. Yep, lovely. Your little, your little shoes gonna be in brown, and I sort of went one along, sort of along the line doing the brown. Yeah. 
wash the brush off. Right, blue. Right, now your uh, your hat is going to be blue, and I'm going to do your trousers in blue. And I kind of just went along and just filled them out as I went. So I tried to do one colour at a time, which made things just easy. Um, it's like a proper I'd... awesome little production line. Yeah, of what, you know. absolutely. And because I've I've got a little... not I'm not good, but because I'm better at the simple bit of just getting the paint on the model in the right place. Like, I don't squish too much now. Like, you don't wobble and go, oh, oh, oh I've put the gun yeah. colour all over his legs and his back and his face. <laughs> oh, dear. Why did I use the house brush to do this? <laughs> this <laughs> brush is eight inches mean. wide. The figure's two inches tall. What am I doing? Exactly. I've used the one that I've used for glossing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's the one that's... It's the one that you've said, right, okay, once I do this glossing... I'm really going to properly clean out this brush. And then you finish glossing and you go, well, I smell a bit funny, so I'm just going to stick this to the side and I'll clean it later. And you come back to the brush in six months' time and it's just like a weapon, basically. <laughs> it's a solid thing of paint. You're just like, I could paint a miniature using this. Dum, 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 dum. No, it's not worked. It's like one of those how-to basic videos where the guy just throws stuff at what he needs to do until it works. Like just throw <laughs> just an egg like, on there, get the roller <laughs> out, and just dump a bucket of like Dulux over the top of it. Jackson Pollock paints miniatures. <laughs> and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to tie these down to the ground, and then I'm just going to get... A bucket of fish heads for effect. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to put them in an unmade bed, and we're going to call it art, you lovely people. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you have been watching me paint um i've I've seen the youtube videos as i say (laughs) i am biggest fan 101 i'm not liking them i'm not liking them through accident it's all on purpose (laughs) um so i've not played the game yet i've I've built the boys uh i have the two squads and then what i need to do now is get the rules out and go through the like the army the squad setup bits yeah. you you get a leader for free uh, and then you can buy gear for your dudes uh, and you give oh, them right, more okay. names and you can then kind of I think you, you basically play I think it's one dude at a time so on your go you don't move your whole squad you just move one at a time all right okay to keep yeah. it more okay. sort of tactical based and to keep it moving a bit faster um, yeah okay. although from what it seems like it seems like your leader has an ability called leadership where any two models within 10 inches I think he can tell to do stuff as well so you can activate more than one per turn so placement mm. and that sort of thing seems like it's going to be quite important. Obviously, I've not done it yet because you know yeah. who has time. Is and this the type of thing? Is this the type of thing you can persuade your good lady wife to get involved in, or has she looked at it? And or it sounds like you have turned into a Final Fantasy fifteen widow at the, widow at the moment. It, it yeah, I, I kind of have. Well, she'll be done with that in another month. So like sooner or later, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll get the telly back. Um, at which time I'll have oh. all the games to play, so there'll be no time for board games anymore. Um, but no, no I, I she's up for playing it, definitely. Well, she was anyway. And she bought me another box of dudes for it for Christmas. So I've got another box of dudes to paint up as well, which should be better than the first dudes that I did. So I can replace dudes as I go. Awesome. Um, mm, so, so yeah, I have a nice little squad, and they're in a little drawer. We've got these lovely little um, sort of drawers that we keep all the paint in. And one of the, one of the drawers now just has the boys in, so you open it up, and they're all just lined up in their little squads. Little teams of six. Aw, they're so cute. Have you? Have you given them names? Not Have yet. you given them names in your mind? Um, I've, Have you not got non-committal names? I I've mean, not when given you them names them yet. Also. No, I've not given them names yet. They've, they're definitely in two separate squads because they've got about an even amount of guns and baseball bats and knives oh, okay. on each side. Because um, the, 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 the book says try and give them the weapons that they're going to use. So if they've got a gun, 
stick a yeah. gun in their hand. If they've got a knife, stick a knife in their hand. So oh, I've tried right, to split okay. them pretty fairly. Um, cool. The one I've got is my leader. Um, I'm, I lost one of the arms at some point um, when I was building them. There was definitely an arm gone missing. So there's one of my, my punks has got one arm and he's definitely the one in charge. So I've made him, I've given him an orange jacket and orange hair so I know which one he is. Oh, brilliant. It's like yeah. shot of the dead. Oh, he's got an arm off. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, his name's Sean now. There you go. Done. <laughs> That's it. He has to be Sean, or he has to be Wedding Zombie, because I Re- think that was the real guy. time. Real time naming of plastic boys. That well, let's just. I mean, let's just go through it. I mean, you're gonna have to have one called. Um, I think you know. Um, would you name one after CJ? Well, the worry then is if he died. <sighs> I know. I'd feel bad if I named them after friends and family because, like, if one of them got, like, if one of them had really bad roles and turned out to not be a very good punk, I'd yeah. be like, oh, CJ, what are you doing, man? And then I'd feel bad because I was putting my friend on blast, even though it was a, a plastic even though it's not effigy. Oh, yeah. And so, then uh, the next time you podcasted with him, you'd be like, that, what's up, Paddy? And you'd be like, that, nothing. <laughs> you know. Are you sure? <laughs> you know um, what you did. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we talk about the new Dark Souls DLC video? Well, we could do, but you keep rolling bloody fours! <laughs> <laughs> uh, <love> anyway, it. <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, so this is this is how the, the, this night's going to go, and I'm enjoying every single second of it. Um, <clears throat> moving on. Um, we don't want things that are maybe wanted. We maybe want something that's maybe a little bit forbidden. <laughs> because you've oh, got on your good. list that you've put in my mind now that I'm going to remember slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, f- it's one of the forbidden games. Is it Desert or Island you've been playing? Uh, well, for Christmas, I bought Laura, because it's on her list. It totally counts. It's not a present for us. I bought her uh, Forbidden Desert, because we've we've got Forbidden Island. We bought that a few months ago. I may have okay. talked about it on the last show. I feel like I did. Mm, a little bit, yeah. I might yeah. have done, yeah. Um, we really like Forbidden Island. Like, really, really enjoy it. And Forbidden Desert's been looking at me funny for months, because it's got that little plastic airship on the box. I'm like, well, I want that. I want that. I want that airship. I want it. Can I have it? Does I don't care about the rest of the game. I just want myself a plastic airship. I want an airship, yeah. Um, so it, the Forbidden Desert takes the ideas that they've developed in Forbidden Island and right. expands upon them and adjusts things slightly. Uh, so in Forbidden Island, if you've played it, you may know, uh, you are basically tasked with picking up relics from an, an island that, as you yes. play, is sinking. Uh, and your yes. job is to keep the island from sinking. The less, the more it sort of stays afloat, the more space you've got to run around on, so the board kind of falls apart as you play. Um, yes. Forbidden Desert goes the other way. In Forbidden Desert, things don't get sunk, they get buried in sand. So you get a big oh, old I stack. Yeah, you get a big old stack of sand tiles. And everything starts uh, in the face down, I don't know what that is, position. And you have to yeah. go to these tiles and dig the sand off the top so you can turn them over and find out, oh, it's one of these. Oh, it's one of this. So you're basically going around digging up the desert to try and find uh, the pieces of an airship so you can all get the hell out of there. Um, because in the desert, it's not all fun and games in the desert. Um, there's no. a storm in the middle of the desert. Um, so the grid is represented. You put your, your tiles down, these nice chunky square tiles, and you lay them down in a 5 by 5 grid. And yeah. the middle space is empty. So you've got like, you know, big old chunk in the middle. And that is the where the, the storm is, the eye of the storm. Uh, so you can't go in there because it's, you know, a raging storm. Yeah, yeah. 
and then as you progress, you know, you, you do much the same thing you would do in Forbidden Island. So you move around the board, uh, you could uncover spaces uh, to find out what's underneath them, find out if it's going to give you a clue to where the bits are, uh, if it's like a special gadget you can use or something like that. Uh, and then when you turn over your storm cards, what will happen is the storm will move around. So you will turn over a card and it will have a little storm icon and it will have two squares, two little red squares to the left-hand side of it. So you have to move the two squares on the left into the gap where the storm was. Oh my goodness. So the storm position basically shifts around as you play. So you have to move that many spaces and you put a sand token on top of any space that's gone gone too far uh, or any space that's been moved. So things as the storm moves, sand gets piled up in its wake. And then you have to, if you want the stuff that's covered, I take it you have to go over it and you have to dig it up again. Basically exactly that. Um, the main aim is to uncover the desert to get clues to find the stuff. So in Forbidden Island, you collect cards each turn and you trade the cards for the clues uh, for the mm. for the uh, the idols. Um, in this one, you're picking up parts of a flying machine, and the way you find them is by it's like a grid-based system. So if you turn over a card and it's got orange edges on the left and right with arrows, you know that the orange piece is somewhere in that row. So you then have oh, right, to find, okay. yeah, you find then the corresponding one with the orange on top and bottom, so you can find yeah. the column, and then it, you can then take the piece, place it down on that bit and go, right, the orange bit is there. We have to go right. there. Cool. And you have to do this for four separate pieces to uncover them and find out where they are. And these can move around, so as the sandstorm moves, whatever's on the tile will move with it as well. Uh, so sort of chasing these bits down can be quite, quite the game. Um, you also have uh, a water meter on the side of your card. Yeah. So every now and again, when the storm's moving, uh, you'll get a card that says "Sun beats down," and everyone knocks their water meter down by a bit. Uh, and if any of you run out of water, you're dead. Um, it's oh, one of those charming, games. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, and there's spots on the board where you can kind of pick up water and refill. There's one of the player characters can be a water carrier, so they can give water to other players. Um, mm. You'll find uh, every now and again you'll find um, cards that will give you some water as well. Um, there's bonus water cards so you can kind of give them to another player so they can drink instead so managing the water is actually the thing that's done us in both times because we've not beaten this yet um, we played two games and both times we ran out of water at least two of us at the same time would just dry up um, so we've not quite worked out the way to win it yet and we've been playing on the easiest mode as well like we started the ticker at the very bottom of the chart and it, it, it's very difficult um, but is maybe it like- that's is it like a... Um, sorry, interrupt. Ooh. How rude of me. That's terrible. I need a drink anyway. Is, go. <laughs> go. Right, okay. Is it a, a kind of what you would call a gateway game? Because I've seen this game kicking mm. about in um, a certain well-known bookshop that starts with um, that starts with a W. A W.A. Smith? To be, um, close. <laughs> See what I did there. <laughs> <laughs> Just... It's not as kind of. I mean, W. H. Smith now is a sad old place. Oh, it's, it's depressing. It just isn't seems. It? it just seems to be a warehouse on the street where they kind of mm. store stuff. However, now, one thing going however, for it, it's the only place that I can find tabletop magazine, which is a delight. They're in Tesco's, though. Apparently, they well, they other, were other I've, supermarkets are available. You can never, you can never get your hands on it. As soon as it goes in, it's out the door. I've seen it in my local once. Once ever, that's how I got onto it. And then I, I, every time I go in Tesco, I walk down the magazine aisle, and I know it's not going to be there, but I always look, just in case. Just in case. It never there's has. A, I guess there's an argument for subscriptions to that thing. 
I mm. guess if it's going to save you money. But forbidden, um, forbidden, forbidden desert. Going back to, going back, me That's getting point. my brain kind of switched <laughs> in and actually having a drink as well is that um, it's about eighteen to twenty pounds. So it's yeah, quite it's cheap. Reasonable. Would you say it's quite? Is it quite accessible then? Is it something Definitely. that you would maybe? Would you take it along to the parental units then, on a I... weekend and say? Let's play this. I absolutely did take it at Christmas. We didn't get to it uh, because they've played Forbidden Island first. I would say the chart you go, I don't think you start someone off with Forbidden Desert. Start with Forbidden Island, get the yeah. hang of the way those games are played, and then go to Desert. Only because we have found Desert to be a bit trickier so far. So um, really, 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 really tricky, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, so if you're not mean, win- mm. It might be that we've just not got the... The flow of it down because Forbidden Island, we've we've got it pretty much down pat now. We can almost beat it on the hardest mode almost every time, yeah. which is kind of good. Um, well, you get yeah. within the last card of beating it, you're like, oh god, dang it, we were so close. Um, <laughs> Forbidden Desert, we've not found our groove with yet. We're not we're not quite there. We've managed to get halfway through, and then the sun just destroys us. And the problem was is that when we shuffled the cards initially. Yeah, I don't think we shuffled them quite enough because we had two of those sun beat down cards come up in a row. <laughs> And so that, would have, nothing, that would have finished you off. There's nothing you can do. You're like, I can't. I don't have anything to save me. I have no gadgets. I have no shield. I have no water. Hell. Do you only start? Do you only start off with a limited amount of water? Can you collect water as you go? Or is that yeah? You? You've got a maximum, so you've got a canteen, and on All your right, okay. player on your player card that tells you who you are. So you're the engineer, or you're the digger, or you're the water carrier, for instance. And All right. You, okay. You, you flip your card over, and it's got a water bottle on the side with like a little check mark. So four, three, two, one, and you put a little plastic clip on the side of your card, and you move it up and down to sort of show where you are with your water. And you just so when the when the sun comes out, you just move it down by a tick. Um, oh, cool. Okay. And there are things That's you can do to stop that. If you're in a tunnel space, when that comes down, you're okay. Or if you buy a, a oasis, you can drink. Uh, one oh. of the three oasis is a mirage. So you might not be safe. <laughs> of course it is. It's brilliant, yeah. Yeah, that did happen to us as well. It's like, oh, you bloody... Mm, okay. And again, we, we kind of used our oasises really early, not realising how important they would be late game. Again, that's unfamiliarity with the way yeah. the way the game's going to play out. But definitely so it's be- accessible. It's um, but start beatable. with Island. Yeah. yeah. Start with Island, yeah. then Desert, and then from then on. But I was ready to play it with my mum and dad, but we just didn't get to it in the end. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. So yeah. in that case, in that case, the desert was a bit of a killer. In our yeah. next case, we're talking maybe moving from killers to assassins. Good segue. <laughs> just on fire. You're brilliant. Watch right? me. I just, you know, I mean, it's just coming to me. It's, just, like you know, it's like you're dancing around. It's like you're dancing. I so, bet you're not even sat down, are you? I bet you're just walking nah, around I'm the room. Up. I'm standing. <laughs> you know what? I'm pacing. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. My arms and my legs are moving. Do you know what I mean? I'm you are ben moving, Affleck. aren't you? I can, I can I'm Ben you. Affleck in the boiler room. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Get up, move around. Motion creates emotion. <laughs> Do you not see that film? No. He gives the best speech. He does like that. And he goes, and on every, he says, and on every call there's a close. He's either you closing on him on stack or he's closing you on a reason why you can't buy. That wow. kind of thing. <laughs> it's just such a film and half. Yeah, I'm moving about. I'm standing up, as it ex- as it's explaining to Paddy, the green room has changed. The green room is now um, the green room has now got um, kind of we changed the kind of the chest of drawers in the room, which means that the room 
where I record and where I used to sit and lean on where the mic was used to be a short chest of drawers. It's now a chest of drawers about four and a half feet high, which means in order for me to record, I've got to be standing, which in many ways is potentially not a bad thing because it's good for my back. Because I remember recording like a, you know, Recording like an hour long, hour and a half long session and then getting up and going and doing that involuntary noise. You're probably not old enough to do this, Paddy, but I, being over 40 now, I certainly do. I kind of get up and go, oh. No, I'm definitely there as well. I know what you mean. <laughs> just so, like you the, get the... up for no reason. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, do you want a cup of tea, Laura? And Laura goes, yeah, sure. I'll get one. Yeah, go on, go on. And you get up and you go, <laughs> And it's almost like you're some kind of orc at Lord of the Rings, so. Accompanied by crunches and clacks, like almost like you've dropped exactly. a bag of dice down the Something stairs like, from your spine. <laughs> Something's kind of popped. It's like today, is like I'll, I kind of move my shoulder slightly to the left to grab a pen when I was in the office, and all of, and my entire shoulder went crack. And it's like, I didn't even, it's not like I'm, you know, I can go through an entire training session at Taekwondo and not so much as like a, not so much as a ripple. It's like I go and turn round in my chair to reach for a pen, and it sounds like somebody's like taking like a, a bar of um a bar of hard a, a kind of a dime bar and crunched it in between their fingers the amount of pops that are going on. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean talking about the office, um. One of the games that we well we spoke about um, on the show on and off, um, and we um, we mentioned it when the campaign was on when Sam Turner was on and he did his episode he spoke about this game as well which was Temp Worker Assassins, um, and Sam got to play it at the time and I recently um, got my copy sent through. Um, and you've been playing it as well, haven't you? Yeah, I I went for the Kickstarter as well, based on again I I came to it through through you, in fact. Yes. So one sale, one sale from the show. There you go. There you go. There so you... and 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 Dave, David Newton, who designed the game, he is coming on a future episode. Ooh, I will be sure. That's two bloody games I've bought this on this show that you've because of you. <laughs> Bad for my wallet, you know that, right? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. We can't help it. We try our best. I mean, we don't. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm not selling. You know, <laughs> that's that's what it comes down to. But um, Tent Worker Assassins is, by, as I say, David Newton. Um, it's, the art is done by a gentleman called Adam Bolton. Um, do you want to explain to the good people who are gathering around, and Paddy will tell you a tale about Tent Worker Assassins. Right, so it's a game, right? Right, right. <laughs> it's his game, right? And you got a roll. You you got these cards, right? And you try. You got win. these cards, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Tent Worker Assassins is kind of what it sounds like. Um, you are tasked with infiltrating an office block, and you're an assassin, and you've got to go in and kill the the real members of staff. As you're a temp worker, so you're going undercover. Yes. You have to kill the members of staff, but but. You can't bring any weaponry in with you. They frisk you at the door, so you can only bring in odd bits of stationery. So as you play, the aim of the game is to collect up bits of deadly stationery and to murder people with them. Uh, That's that's, that's the the back of the box description, basically. Um, it's, It's deck building, and it's a worker placement kind of game. Yes. Uh, is is my is my understanding anyway. Um Yes. 
you yeah. you take your your starting assassins. You get five little 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 wooden men, uh, little little wooden boys, little boys, little boys, little boys, and you get your starting hand of, of pencils or girls or girls. Could be girls. They could be. Um, and you you enter this um, sort of slightly fantasy themed office, but slightly fantasy themed. <laughs> There's an acquisitions and mergers Viking. Of course, it's slightly fantasy themed. <laughs> slightly fantasy themed. What are you doing tomorrow? I'm going to go and see the mergers and acquisitions ogre. <laughs> we have we have a meeting at ten. I'm going to try and stop them from ripping off Darren's arms again. <laughs> <laughs> but only slightly themed, only slightly. Um, okay, no, there's a pretty thick theme on the top there. Um, yeah. The the workers you have to kill at the top are all represented by these really nicely, well, you know, really well drawn artwork on the cards. Um, yes. Personal favourites for me, uh, I quite like the humans as a resource harpy, <laughs> who's <laughs> stood there just holding a head and smiling. Um, yeah. A big like... fan of the water cooler elemental. Yes, he's. That's just amazing. That was one of my favourite bits of art. Yeah, just a really grumpy looking office dude hanging out of a water cooler. You got Maybe. to admit this. Ad, um, Adam's got skills. He's got skills with a Z and potentially, <laughs> depend, 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 potentially, two Zs. Ooh, I might um, just go as far as two. That's that's stylish. Um, did you see the? <laughs> have you seen the complaints, Gorgon? Yes. Just sitting at a desk, looking just, just so just, done. Just like any kind of um, office worker that probably came in with a sense of malevolence or malevolence about her at the beginning, but it's slowly been beaten out of her at the point where if she stares at you, she probably just gives you a mild headache and doesn't turn <laughs> you to stone at all. <laughs> Go and see Gladys. She's in a foul mood, though. What did she do? Or she turned my finger to stone. Oh, you were lucky then. <laughs> She's no good making the tea. Um, yeah, I mean the idea is you basically every round you get to place, as you said, you get to place one of your little guys or girls on a square. Now there's a grid of like three by three cards, and they have different things that you can do. So one of them will say, one of them says raise your attack by two. One of them says um, gain a card and draw a card. One of them will say trash a card. One of them will say, um, you know... Uh, research gain... is a good one. Yeah, research, yeah. So you can basically... They've all got different things. So your research, for instance, if, you... if it says research three, you can look at the top three cards of the stationary deck um, and you can take a card and then that's yours. The kind of the, the thing is you start off with like a deck of... You start off, you've got a deck of ten cards which are yours... But from then, you at the beginning you only draw five of them, so those that's your little little hand. So you you generally start off with like pencils, which are like plus one attack pencils, and or the block every ones round, zero. Yeah, exactly, just like that. Wow, five cards, zero, 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 zero. Discard a card, draw a card. Thanks very much. This is rubbish, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, but the idea is, it's kind of like you build up on your hand as you go. So you've got a choice of like putting your meeple or your little assassin on a department and gaining whatever skills you get from that department or bonuses or whatever. Hmm. Or there's a row of four guys at the top, including the typing pool zombie. Which I love. <laughs> That's <so> fantastic. <laughs> he's kinda like he's worth he's worth like there's five of them and they're like worth five points each. They're worth one they, point each. 
They're worth nothing. Oh, so they are, but they've got five five hit points. So the idea is basically you'll take... You'll either put your meeples down and select a skill, or what you'll do is you'll decide to make an assassination. And in order to make an assassination, basically your cards... the, the The five cards that you've got have got to be bigger, equal or bigger the total of this guy's hit points. And you're like, at the mm. beginning, you're like, how the hell am I going to get this? But there's some interesting mechanics that it's kind of like, how did I put it? You kind of accumulate cards, don't you, Paddy? As you go, your hand mm. gets kind of bigger and bigger and bigger as you play yeah. kind of through the round. Yeah, you start um, off quite small with your, your plus ones, and as you go, you, and yeah. the cards you pick up from the stationary deck will give you, you know, staplers that give you a plus four if you get rid of two cards that are the same. So your two yeah. crappy zero pencils can be converted into a into a four. Um, yeah. You get items that can in, that can improve cards you've got. Uh, yeah. I quite like the pencil sharpener, which would add plus one to up to three pencils. I know that's why, and, and I was gonna like try to figure it out, and I was like. So I've got my three pencils here. Does this mean I've now got a six attack? And I was like, cool. Okay, well, that, there we go. And and you're kind of... Um, it enables you very, very quickly to... Because to, originally you're looking at the, the... There's the bigger... There's three kind of almost like heads of the apartment. And then there's the type and pool zombie. And the type mm. and pool zombie always has about five hit points. And then you've got guys that have got 14 hit points. But... As long as you put your meeples down on the right place, you've got the ability to build up your card deck and then go for an assassination. Mm. And interestingly enough, when you do an assassination, all the cards that you've used on that assassination that you've built up go back into your discard pile. Yeah. So for the and then for the next because the, the it's built in you're basically working a full week. So the next week or the next day of the week you're picking up a bigger pile of cards, shuffling them, and selecting the top first five. And sometimes you might get like a CD that's worth two attacks straight away, or a card that says, draw a card, get plus two attack, and then discard a card. So it's, it's kind of mm. interesting. You can build up your hand on those kind of principles. I mean, when we played, we the first day, Monday, we, we weren't very good at Monday. We didn't quite understand no. what we were doing. But by Tuesday, we got it locked down. Um, yeah. So each of the three of us that played this game, so it was me, uh, Laura, and my friend James that came around, and no. we uh, each of our decks kind of had a different feel. So I went very heavy on the staplers. Uh, staplers were my thing. Uh, staplers, beveled keyboards, anything that was like, discard a card, here's plus four. I was okay with that. Yeah. That's what my focus was. Um, the other two guys got- were more about drawing cards. So, yeah, I kind of did that. I, I made sure I got one. There was one that was like instantly add plus two to your attack. So I made sure my, I got myself down on that as quickly as possible. Because mm. this is the thing. The the departments have little squares on them. And if all of the squares are taken up, then nobody else can use that square, basically. Mm. So you kind of, it kind of, and you, it, tactically, you can inhibit somebody from kind of, using their normal tactics so it sometimes means you've got to kind of like you can't just go for the same tactic again and again and again you got to switch it around and you've got to kind of play it up and um how many times did you win then uh we got one game in uh cause we played yeah. it near the end of our session uh i did win by a sizable margin um the reason i think i won is because uh, the other guys were going 
uh, sort of Laura, for instance, went for the typing pool zombies quite early. Yeah. And I'm thinking, they're only worth one point. There's a media yeah. giant there that's worth like 11 points. Yeah. I'm going to go for the giant. I'm going to wait and I'm going to build my hand up. So it took me a bit yeah. longer to get my attacks going. You know, I did wait a few turns. And I think when you mm. get the first kill of a day, you get the bulletin from that day, which gives you a plus one card for your hand, basically, which is kind yes, of cool. Yes. Um, yeah, it is. It is. Mm. Um, so so Typing Ball Zombies Laura got, and I, I held back and just went for big games. So I didn't go for anything that was less than a seven or eight pointer. Um, I held off a bit. And as such, my score was almost half again either of theirs. <laughs> <laughs> So they were like, how many did you get? Oh, I got 38. I got got 54. What did you get? 83? (laughs) (laughs) Can someone count these for me? Because I I kind of played my hand slowly. And I I think the cards I went with, I went quite heavy on staplers, which are discard cards that are the same or different, and you get like a plus four. And then I was picking up staples, which give all staplers a plus two. Um, So I was just doubling down on all the attacks. I think I got my attack up to 22 at one point. Well, you're just throwing That's cards down. Yeah, and you don't then need it, it that great, much. Well, I mean, you could just, you'd kind of declare them as you go. So it's quite hmm. interesting because you get to see how, mechanically how somebody's kind of work and they go, right, I've got the plus two here to begin with and then I've got my plus two CD and then I've got my, um, I've got my pencil sharpener so that gives me plus six and it makes people kind of like try and work stuff out in which one they're kind of hmm. going for. Putting There's the order down as well, yeah. There's interesting ones that you're encouraged to, if you trash cards. Now, the difference between a discard and a and a, and a, um, a trash is that if you trash a card, that's it. You can't put it back into your hand. It's out mm. of the way. But I noticed that some of the characters, depending on what you trashed, <clears throat> they, that's what was what gave you points. So there's one that says if you trash it, you, your points, the points value of that particular person was based around the number of pencils that you trashed during the game. So I ended up trashing a couple of zero pencils and getting kind of like two points each, which was kind of cool. Mm. Um, so that was kind of smart. But There's quite... one like that for zombies as well. If Plus it's three points for every zombie you've got. So the zombies are actually yeah. worth something. If That's half the game was, because Laura got all the zombies, was not letting her get that one. Yeah, like, I've got to yeah. take that out right now or she's going to, like, it's worth nothing to me, but I want it. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> exactly, and everybody's kind of got their own tactics. What was good about it is there's quite a sizable deck. So even I mean, um, there's quite a sizable deck to the different kind of um, the different targets. Mm. There's quite a sizable deck to the stationary cupboard as well. And there's even there's the, even the departments. I mean, you kind of start off with okay, a grid of three by three, but the automatic they, they're always saying right, okay, well you can substitute in different departments to make mm. things kind of easier or harder. So it adds quite a lot to the to kind of the re the replayability. Um, it's very very easy to pick up. It's you can also see it being very very difficult to get a mat to get a kind of a your head around it at the very very beginning. Um, mm. It definitely took us that first round to work yeah. out what we were doing. Um, yeah. Once we had it done, we only had to consult the rule book like once or twice, I think, for the entire rest of the game. Yeah, yeah. I think the only thing that um, the only thing that kind of um, that flummoxed me for a bit was the actual ones that says for each um, pen 
up to three pencils plus one attack because that mm. confused me for a bit because I'm a man of a very very small brain. So I was like <laughs> trying to work that out and kind of like through the rule book and I got kind of a bit confused. But that was kind of funny. Um, I only have um, there's only two things that I didn't like about the game mm-hmm. was that. Um, because it's based your first round of cards, your first ten that you get, if you draw a lousy first five cards, you can end up having to you know you can end up having to rely on a little bit of luck. But that just happens. That's just one of these things when you've got like a card drawing game. Sometimes you'll get a good hand. Sometimes you'll get a rubbish hand. Mm. Um, my other major complaint, and this is major. Mm-hmm. is that I love the artwork and I would have really loved it if the cards had been bigger. Oh. That's icky picky. But, um, and this is like, this has been really icky picky because in a game that the artwork is really, really good, and I'd advise you to go and have mm-hmm. a look at the website if you haven't, you know, people listening out there, um, it's the the style that Adams brought to the table is really really decent, and I felt that um, the stationary stuff was really cool and bright and stuff like that. I would have liked the characters to have been on bigger cards. I thought they warranted having a little bit more kind of landscape. Mm, and that's because we were we were picking them up and looking at them ourselves and going, oh that's cool, and coming having to bring them up nice and close to look at it. Obviously, there are sort of size limits, I suppose, to getting it printed yeah. for a reasonable price. I suppose those kind of cards are. Simple, yeah, exactly. But I know exactly what you mean. Like they're really nice. I'm being bits of art. totally yeah. I mean, I'm being totally pedantic about this. Do you know what I mean? I'm being a little bit kind of like childish and things like that, just to say, well, I really like your art. I would have liked to seen it kind of close up. But yeah, mm. if there'd been an option to maybe get a bigger card set just for the targets themselves. Just to appreciate the art because the artwork is 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 really really cool. Um, I tell you what I need. I tell you what I would change. Well, uh, someone someone to stand behind you while you play and add up your numbers as you go. Because <laughs> particularly like Laura and James, the two guys uh, that I was playing with, um, a lot of their strategy was around putting a card down that said, "Right, draw another card." Yeah. Card up, right. Discard one, draw one. Discard one, draw one. I think at one point Laura had something like fifteen to twenty cards in front of her at one point. In discards and swaps and nothing cards and plus ones and stuff. And she was only on about eight points. It's like, what are you on? <laughs> Hang on, start from the beginning again. So you've got one and then two, but then you've got the hard drives. That's three. It was but that's a what... headache, but it was fun. a fun headache. Don't get me wrong. It was a funny headache. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's quite accessible. I think it would take... It takes a little, maybe a little bit of explaining that people get to get their heads down. But by the end of it, you're kind of rattling through... Um, you kind of rattling through the cards, and it was good mm. fun, and you know it was easily kind of certainly easily picked up. Um, mm. Really quick setup as well. You can get it all set up yeah. in about five minutes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean the um, what they've done is for the cards for the the cards for each of the players are a different color. The starting cards are a different color, which is good. Mm. You've got your main <coughs> your days of the week cards. They're their own separate colour as well. You do sometimes got to find them, but that's fine. That's just down how, how you put the stuff away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can bang down the nine cards and you can get it kind of out there really, really quickly and really, really easily. Um, I guess the only thing that we don't know is if this is going to, if this bad boy is going to have a chance at hitting um, the outside of retail. I'm reckoning that you'll be able to, there will be 
some retail copies available. We shall find out, um, you know, if uh, the episode with Dave um, gets done, when that gets done as well, which is Ooh. cool. But all in all, did you like it? Loved it. Really liked it. Yeah. Came away really positive. Um, it's the kind of game I would actually um, try and have a go with my mum and dad with. I think they get it. They got, they can understand Catan. They can understand this. Yeah, I think it's very, very. I mean, um, I think it's very, you know, simple, accessible, looks mm. nice. It's quite small as well. Actually, when you took the cards out of the box, because you've got the inlay for the box, you could quite easily get this in a bag. Mm. You could get this in a small bag. Oh, easy. easily because it is just cards at the end of the day. And know? I do like as well that when you're making your assassination attempt, the other players can't mess with you like you can in Munchkin. It's just you working out your hand, and that's brilliant because it stops that whole "I've done it, I've done it, I've done it," and another person puts down a card, and you're like, "Oh, sod you! <laughs> All that effort wasted." Like I, I like it because it's it's up to you to do it, and if you've started to make an assassination, you've not got the cards. It's your own damn fault. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. you've got. There's a little bit of planning, um, but yeah, bit of planning, I mean, bit of chance. It, yeah, exactly. Which is always good. Which is always the same. Mm. I mean, as I said, um, and I've told you, um, I've been playing frustration with my youngest, Ooh. and uh, that is just pure luck. <laughs> I, I it's still... pure luck. He's it's pure luck. He's won every time. Oh my god! <laughs> so, um, just looking at um, very quickly at the site, Tent Worker Assassins, it's available to buy on Amazon for £25. That's reasonable. That's a good game. That is that is a reasonable amount of game for a reasonable amount of money, pretty very, much. Very so, replayable, easy to pick up. Yeah. Yeah. Buy it. Yeah. Stop listening. Go do it now. Pause yeah, the podcast. Go, go do it. Pause. Yeah. You, you know, we, I tell you what, me and Paddy will talk about something random. Um, to fill in the time while you go and pick yourselves up. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait. Okay, here we go. So pause now and we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> okay, okay. Put the so, wrong boy in the catapult. Oh, oh we're back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. Right, anyway, um, we've talked about assassins. Mm-hmm. We've talked about painting. We have. Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Have you been on a fairground? Have you been on a fairground when you got on the roller coaster? Did all of a sudden things go weird and spinny? Did you end up falling out of that roller coaster <laughs> and getting transformed into a cartoon type thing? Oh my god, I didn't know where you were going with that at the start. <laughs> Did you like that? Do you know it what? Was... Yeah. I'm going to put this on record, right? See when Gary Butterfield was on? Hmm. Gary Butterfield asked me the question, did you ever see the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon? And to which I replied, um, no, I hadn't. And then I didn't clock at the time until later on that he meant that cartoon with Avenger and the Dungeon Master and Eric and the Ranger and like, you know, all that jazz. The tiny kid barbarian. Yeah, Bobby. Yeah. Angry, angry little Bobby. I only is. remember it very vaguely. Like I remember, I remember the look of it definitely, but I never, I don't remember the specifics. But I was remember the a, fairground. Was there not a unicorn in it as well that they called probably um, Uni? <laughs> God, the imagination on display. It was just fantastic. It was the fact that they went from like they actually managed. They must have got the licensing for Dungeons and Dragons. 
Mm. And then they went along to you. Imagine them going along with the cartoon executives and saying, right, guys, what are you thinking? Well, you know, I was thinking something like visionaries, you know, <laughs> something like that. Because visionaries was amazing. I don't know if you remember visionaries. That was a fantastic 1980s cartoon. And if you haven't seen it, you have to check it out because that's what Dungeons and Dragons should have been. Can you imagine them sitting in the executives and putting them up and going, Okay, guys, they're in a fairground. Where's the dragons? There wasn't any dragons, was there? Was there one dragon? Um, Tiamat. Maybe? Tiamat, I don't know. I mean, there's, you know, I'm talking about somebody that actually used to watch the show. You've probably seen it. I was born in 1985. I know, I know. (laughs) There's like... I was, you know... That still makes me old, but... (laughs) No, not as old as he's saying I was probably starting high school when you were born. Oh, yeah, that kind of hurts. I'm tempted to cut out this whole section <laughs> because it's making me feel quite old. Just bring the podcast uh, down a step here. No, oh. I know. Otherwise, you know, this is that the time? It's close to my bedtime. Um, no, Dungeons and Dragons. Because yeah. this was the other thing. We had this conversation. You were talking about, I would like to get together and do Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. And then you said, well, shall we get together and do Dungeons and Dragons? And you, And then you've gone away and done it. So tell me this Dungeons and Dragons tale, because I'm intrigued. Okay, so this is again with the same people we've been playing games with, uh, that we've played all the games we've just been speaking about with, uh, good friend James and Lauren. Uh, There there are two people there, it's not just one person called James and Lauren. (laughs) Hi James and Lauren. James and Lauren. Um, (laughs) It's like a solicitor's. Yeah, well, we we got chatting about it because we had a couple of you know we had a game night or two. We were watching wrestling mm. together quite a bit, and it's like oh, we were sort of chatting about D and D because he saw he came around one day and saw I picked up some old Shadowrun books from work. Um, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. If anything, because I just like to read them. Like I've never played them. I just, I just enjoy reading the D and D books. Like they're always fun to have a look through. Yeah. Um, and he sort of saw them, and we sort of chat, started chatting away, and oh, we could do, we could do D and D. like oh, we're, we're doing some at the minute. Like fifth edition is it's pretty good. It's pretty fun. Like. Oh, I could, I could DM. Ooh, ooh, and then he went away. Uh, and then yeah. a couple of weeks later, he'd um, we'd, we'd been chatting away, throwing out stupid ideas for like characters and stuff. And he found me a custom character of the sort of thing I wanted to do, uh, like a custom class. And we we rolled some numbers and we got going. And yeah, we we've been playing D and D with a squad of uh, so our GM uh, James and there's three of us playing at the moment. Uh, okay, so Laura <laughs> is playing Claire who is a rogue, uh, and who is mute, who can't talk. She, she has a bit of uh, a chalkboard. Whose idea was that? Laura's idea. It's quite good, so, because if, you don't, if you're not comfortable with the whole role-play talking aspect of it, you know, she's, she's gone for the mute thing to make it easier to just draw on a bit of cardboard and demote, yeah. which has been fun. So she, we've got a chalkboard uh, and some rubbers, so she's been writing like smiley faces and words oh, on that them. that sounds awesome. Holding it up. That- takes it to a whole different level if she's trying to communicate that there's a big huge mm. smelly orc behind you about to stab you in the face well we'll get there um Ooh, okay okay <laughs> um, was, um, yeah. our second character played by lauren uh is a female uh ranger by the name of noname because she couldn't think of a name so what about no noname <laughs> so that's actually quite good oh that's brilliant um, it's got to get a hint of the japanese to it yeah she also doesn't talk what? Yeah, we've completely independently of each other. So they, they came up with their their character ideas, came back together. Both of them had decided to be mute. And oh, right. our GM was like, you know what? 
screw it, we'll allow this, why not? It's fun. Because normally uh. it's it's quite a barrier to, to the role playing. But like, you know what? It's weird enough we can make it work, it's fun. Um so she does the same thing, writes down things and holds them up and emotes wildly. Um which has been good. Uh my character My character I've, I've got to sit down for this because I've been <laughs> tell me. Okay, so my character is uh a big smelly orc. The big oh. smelly half orc. Um his name is Hidalgo. Uh, and he is a luchador. And Ooh. he is, to make up for the other people being mute, he is the loudest man in the world. <laughs> so, like... Example, please. My my uh, my whole idea with him was that he was going to be a half-orc, um, but he didn't want to be one of like the, the, the brutish, kind of angry ones. You know, I thought, I could be a luchador, I could be the whole, Hey, I am Mexican, I do the flips off of the top rope. That's not Mexican at all. That's Italian. Um, what was that? That was amazing. You've been watching, you've been watching the Nintendo Switch conference. Yeah. <laughs> it's a me. It's a me. Luchador. I'm down the street now. Look at me. It turns out Mario is only two foot tall. Who knew? I do the dropkick off of the building. <laughs> Look at me throwing my hat. <laughs> <laughs> you can't feel that in. I'm dying. <laughs> okay, so so my my guy Hidalgo, um, which is actually so is he me- spa- is he it's Spanish. Then? It's it's Spanish for the word gentleman. Um, my my character is is playing a gentleman luchador. So he wears a wow. bowler hat that has the luchador mask that comes from beneath it, um, and wears a lovely uh, vest with shirtless shirt underneath it and a little cravat. And he's uh, very much about fair play and good sports and good showmanship. And I did have his voice being a bit more gruff than that, but I was coughing yeah. every other word and couldn't keep it up. Because when you're trying to speak like this for an extended period of time and no one else is talking, <laughs> it's very difficult, you know. Um, so I've That's I've been magic. in charge. I've been in charge of all the the, the talking with people. Um, and I've decided that he's not very like sharp. Um, on my character sheet, I've put a minus 10 to getting it. So if someone says something like, oh, what about your green friend behind you? You know, they're being a little bit racist about the orcs. I'll just roll yeah. the dice so I doesn't understand it, just smiles happily in the background. Just, yes! <laughs> <laughs> if we meet an enemy, I usually walk forward and shout, hello! at them. Uh, oh, that's brilliant. Or wave and smile and try and make friends. Because um, that's the so way, that's the luchador code. You've got to issue a challenge before you have a fight. So I always walk forward and say, Hello! <laughs> So he's not got like an actual Mexican Spanish voice then? Not even close. No. I, I don't think I could have kept that up. <laughs> I mean that's one of those things, isn't it? Where you could well, have decided I want to do an accent and it's it gonna felt be like too this. easy. It was too easy. I didn't want to just like settle into like I've gone luchador, like I've gone weird. Let's just go like over the top weird. You know, it was either that or a cowboy luchador. And I've I sort of settled with gentlemen because I like the idea of having a monocle sewn on to the to the luchador mask as well, which is there now. <laughs> I earned that. And then, as a if reward. you did a cowboy, you'd be tempted to, to kind of like do a drawl, wouldn't you? Yeah, you know. which would have been fine. You know, I'd, I suppose I'd, it would be. Would have been absolutely fine. Um, yeah. So my guy is—he's quite an honourable man. He's—he's—he's he's, uh, he's a strong, honourable. Gets up in the front of the fight. Always runs for the biggest thing and tries to grapple it. Um, so far, I have grappled. Let me just check my sheet here. Um, everything, mm. everything I've encountered, I've tried to grapple. Uh, <laughs> that has been. Goblins, that has been uh, an orc or two, that has been uh, some thugs, it's been wolves, uh, I've got a wolf in a headlock, uh, a bugbear, <laughs> um, he tried to grapple a tree a while ago. Just out of just, this is what I'm going to do. 
Yeah, it's it's his oh, one thing because fantastic. he's a luchador. He gets a lot of bonuses to his grapple checks. It's a custom class. It's not an official one, but it's balanced yeah. enough that he doesn't hit very hard, but he can hug you good. So, <laughs> yeah, I've I've been getting bonuses to grapple checks. I'm like, well, of course we're doing a grapple check. What else do you think? I go for the biggest man exactly. and I give him a hug, uh, and I, I grab on, him yeah. up at my shoulders and I hold him up and we take him somewhere because he can ta- if he's carrying someone he can walk at normal speed because he's a luchador and he's as light as a gym bag so he can walk wherever <laughs> i want this has led to a couple of incidents where i've accidentally drowned a couple of people <laughs> drowned somebody well there was a goblin and we'd beaten him up and we were trying to find out where the next thing was so i decided yeah. to to carry him over to a river yeah. And dunk his head in for a few seconds and oh, pull him out. Oh, goodness sake. Uh, and our GM rolled for this, and I put him out uh. and says, he's dead. Said, what do you mean he's dead? He was under for too long. He was under for five seconds. <laughs> he's very weak. He's very weak. Yeah. He's a- um, <laughs> what he didn't realise when you tried to put it under the water, the water itself was frozen. Shards of ice stuck in his eyes. You, you actually stubbed, you shoved him into a frozen lake. Managed to cut off the top of his head. <laughs> oh, I didn't think of that. That's a really you just imagine thing. him picking him up and going, Oh, I'm terribly sorry about that. You appear to be missing half of your face. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've done it to a thug as well. We, we, we took him to a horse trough and, and nearly drowned him. Oh, until I told him, You know I've drowned someone before by accident, right? Dunk. And back out. <laughs> Um, it sounds like you're having a world full of fun with this, then. It's hella fun, um, and it, the thing with D and D, the thing, the thing with D and D is that when, if you can think of a stupid idea, yeah, if you can justify it enough, and your GM's up for it, which ours is, if I can justify something stupid, he'll let us have a go. Um, yeah, this led well, I remember, to yeah. absolutely ruining a big climactic bit of his campaign, utterly, and I mean. Utterly ruining everything he planned for an entire evening. Was it not um, Alice Bell? When I spoke to her, she said that she um, she asked in one of her campaigns if she could be pregnant. Right. And so what she did is every single morning, she had to roll like a constitution roll to see oh. if she, a constitution save to see if she was sick roll or not. Sick. Oh my god, that's cool. So she did that, but I love that. So. And what was the other one I heard was somebody, they did the, um, I mentioned this before, but it was the guys that kind of, they got, they worked all the way through the quest. Mm. And then they went, right, we've got the treasure and they defeated the bad guy. And then the DM had then spent ages putting together a campaign for the way back. Mm -hmm. And one of them turned around and went, oh, haven't I leveled up? He went, yup. Doesn't that mean I can use this spell? (laughs) He says, what do you mean? This is the spell that can transport us back hundreds of miles at a time. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> it was almost the Lord of the Rings kind of like, you know what I mean? Oh, you t- used the eagles on the Going to summon there. the eagles now, thanks. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Could you imagine what would happen if we had walked? Um, <laughs> so we, yeah, so our, our, our thing was equally as stupid uh, oh, as that. Anyway. So let me, if, if I can have your ear for a moment, let me tell you a tale. Let me tell you a, a yes. tale of my favourite thing. Everybody. My favourite thing we've done so far. It it was incredible. It's so much fun. So we are approaching. Uh, we're playing uh, the first part of the standard D and D five E campaign, uh, the Wave Echo Cave one. If anyone's played, you'll know what we're talking about. So we're approaching uh, a manor house uh, where a wizard by the name of Glassstaff has moved in. 
Um, we weren't sure if that was his name and then he got a glass staff or if he bought the glass staff and then named himself after the staff. That was the topic of conversation for about 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> so we found out about a secret way in underneath. So we thought, right, we'll go the secret way. We'll be cool. Uh, so we make our way in and on the way, some, some bandits attack us and we beat them off and take a spider off of one of them, I think. There was this spider they were trying to use on us. So we put it in a bag and stuck it in our pocket. So it's right, we're going to keep that. Thank you very much. So we entered the cave and we start going underneath this manor in this cave and this horrible one-eyed angry beast appears like, ah, stop, what are you doing? And we decide to talk to it because I don't attack at the first sign. I always say hello first. So, oh, hello. <laughs> Can we help you at all? <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Uh, and the creature told us that it was hungry. You know, it's like, oh, okay, one second. And I checked my character sheet and two of us actually had um, like woodsmanship so we could go out and find food for up to six people. So yeah. if, you, if you'll give me an hour, I'll go and get you some food. So we went off and found some nuts and berries from the nearby forest while uh, Laura, who's playing our rogue, just sat there and played played him a nice little song on her on her uh, her triangle, her magical oh, triangle that she owns. Magical triangle. It is. It's magic. It makes people stop and stare. We don't know why oh. yet. We're learning this soon. Um, so we came back with a pile of nuts and berries and chatted away and it let us pass pretty helpfully, like, oh, thank you very much, we'll see you soon. Ah, bye. And it stomped off, so we, we go into the manor via the basement. So we sneak our way into the basement, and we, we've gone in the back, and we, we look around, and we see two doors in this basement. Uh, yeah. Sort of like this cave, there's two ways in. Uh, there's a way that sort of leads up to like a cellar, so we can see some crates and some barrels in there. Quite a well-worn yeah. track, you know. There's, it looks like it's used quite a lot. Uh, and through the other door is a very gilded, ornate carpeted kind of stairway with paintings off the wall and gold everywhere you know a really fancy looking staircase so okay. our GM he thought yeah. we would take one staircase he thought we'd take the dusty one yeah. we took the gilded staircase so we creep up the stairs and we're creeping on our through and we get to the top of the door and we open the door quietly and inside the door is the bedroom of Glassstaff the wizard and he's sitting at his table, and he's writing something, and he's not holding his staff, and he doesn't see us. It's like, oh, this is the wizard. Um, <laughs> grapple check? Oh my goodness, you didn't, did you? So I dive in, and I, I gave the wizard a hug, so he couldn't get his staff. Um, yeah. So we in one roll, we had him, like, yep, got him, now what? And the wizard starts going, what are you doing? Stop it, what are you doing? Rah, 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 blah, blah, blah. Um, our, our ranger stole the glass staff, because it was shining. Immediately yeah. took it, like, yep, this is mine. Uh, that's now her surname. <laughs> She's now Noname uh, no Glassstaff because she has the Glassstaff now. Oh, fantastic. Um, our rogue, Laura, who's playing Claire the Rogue, has recently gone down the arcane trickster path, which gives you magical spells. One of those spells is charm. She cast charm on the wizard, and it worked. So the wizard oh, what? Okay. became our friend, or her friend anyway. Um, yeah. So then he then took us around every single room of the manor, telling all the bad guys to leave us alone, uh, letting us take all the valuables, uh, everything not nailed down. We got XP oh, for every oh, single room because fantastic. we went through. He was saying, well, there's a trap there. Go around that. Here's 100 XP for beating the trap. Um, there's, some orcs, there's some orcs in the bottom there. Uh, you didn't have to fight them. Here's 500 XP for that. Um, we met some other orcs in a basement. They were like, hey, who are you? We only take orders from the Black Spider. We're not talking to you. Um, I remembered that we picked up a spider in a bag earlier. So we showed them yeah. the spider and they were like, okay, that's cool. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> because that's pretty reasonable, right? Oh, oh, we've got a spider. Yeah. 
So the wizard took us around. We convinced the wizard to turn the mercenaries into a local police force because they'd been angering the town. They'd been the ones roughing the town up. Like, well, surely it's better if you just, you know, make them look after the town. Then you'll look after everybody, right? And he's like, oh, that's a very good idea. Yes. So we took him down and we, we kind of cleared all the bad guys out. We freed some prisoners in there as well with no problem at all. Went down to the main town, got the guy to tie himself up. Uh, and gave him over to the authorities and walked off. As we were walking off, the spell wore off, and we hear him in the shout go, Oh! Oh, no! Ah, oh, son of a... <laughs> so he had this whole big thing planned where we went in the front door oh, and we fought amazing. our way through the mansion, but no, instead we walked in the back door, gave him a hug, and made him love us, and ruined, utterly ruined, everything he had planned. And it oh was my goodness. so much fun. It's one of the funniest... Like funniest game <laughs> sessions I've had of anything ever. It kept getting worse. I would have taken days. I would have taken hours to sort out. I'm going to do this, and there's going to be a spider there. And they could only think of the black spider. His they face was black a picture. He was laughing and sad at the same time. It was like I'm oh, no. upset, but this is too good to stop. <laughs> Did he say like he says? So you GM in the game? He's like, no. <laughs> yeah. We haven't played since, oddly enough. Um, no, it's not come back. No, we, we we we've had some scheduling issues recently, but it has. We've been no. back once or twice since. But yeah, he he loved like you could tell in his eyes he hated mm. it and loved it at the same time. I, it, just these wonderful coincidences kept happening. Um, so yeah, D and D. If you've got the right set of people, brilliant. Yeah, utterly. Yeah. Utterly, hilariously brilliant. We had to have a five-minute break after that had all happened to go sit down. Oh and no wonder, because that would have been fan- that would have been the best thing ever. Oh, it, it's it like um, it's like magic and steel when they're up to their final bit, and they've got um, a tiefling called Chandler, mm-hmm. and it says, <laughs> and it's like um, you come to a wooden door, and she just says, "Drop kick the door," <laughs> every single time. <laughs> She goes something like, there's a wizard going up to it. One of the wizards going up to it. Shake on's their name. And they go up and go, right, I'm going to do a magic check on the door. And it's like, well, you better. No, I'm drop kicking it. <laughs> Just got to duck out the way to stop the drop kick from happening every single door. I love it. It just like just goes up. Actual attitude. It's fantastic. It's like, do you know what I mean? It's just like, um, can I have this? And it's like, no. Can I have it when you're dead? Um you can if you want. Well, I'm going to kill you then. Kind of thing. It's just this not giving it. Oh, I love have you, it. I mean, one of the things you mentioned last time we spoke mm-hmm. was that you had, um, there was a, a kind of a, a role-playing kicks, was that a role-playing Kickstarter based around time travel? Yeah, Time Watch. I've not managed to play it yet. Um, is that maybe on the cards next then? It is. My book has turned up now. Uh, oh, good. I don't think it had okay. turned up at the last time we spoke. It has now, and it's beautiful. Uh, with a couple of the extra bonus bits that I ordered as well, uh, including uh, like a, a campaign book, and there's a book full of alternate history as well. All right. The Book of Changing Years. So it's got a bit of real history at the start, and then a whole bunch of kind of pretend history, so you can use it to kind of build your adventures around. Um, I've started picking through the book. Uh, you know, here and there, bit by bit. But what we've decided is, once we've finished our current arc of our yeah. of our D and D campaign, uh, yeah. is that we're probably going to take a break and then and then we're going to try Time Watch. So, so in a couple of months' time, in a couple of months' time, I may very well have played it. Are you potentially asking if you could come back on the show again, Mister Smith? Only if I've managed to play it. <laughs> Only if you've managed. To. Otherwise, we could both just sit there in silence. Given the like schedule. Given the Just way it's like worked that. at the moment, I'll see you in a year. <laughs> <laughs> is there what? I mean, okay, 
So we've we've looked at past cardboard, we've looked at present cardboard. Mm. What does future cardboard hold for Mr. Paddy Stardust? Do you have anything that you're coveting at the moment that you would like to get your hands on? Oh my word. Um, I've been coveting a few things that I know I can't have. Um, ah. Lots of things that I can't have. Um, yes. I listen to... Um, what is it I call it? Talking about Kingdom Death Monster? Oh yes. God, yes. those are some nice looking miniatures. Yes, but it's oh, also... I mean, the the whole thing was a probably equivalent to most people's about two or three months' rent. That's when the problem. It's, it. it's beautiful, but it's so incredibly expensive. I love it, but I can't. Uh, I just can't just... justify it. And with the Dark Souls ball game on the way, I can't justify another box of plastic. Pro, it pro, it pro, pro, it pro, boy. Yeah. What what bonuses did you get? Did you buy anything extra, or did you just buy the basic set? No, I just went. I was a good boy. I just went for the base. Oh. See, I, I went for the base and I've bought myself a gaping dragon because that model looks perfect. I was going to look at Sif as well, but then I went a whole back. Because I know Ooh. it's going to sit there for a while. But maybe this is one thing that we shall do. Ooh. Is that we shall come back and reconvene for some Dark Souls board game chat. Oh my god, we could do that. We could actually do that, couldn't we? Because that's going to be... I'll mark my three calendar. Months, three months, four months away, we could it actually is. do that. That could work. And we could... We could maybe see who else we could get on. Ooh. If you are, and this is a shout out to the general masses, if you are getting the Dark Souls board game and you fancy coming on and having a chin wag with me and Mr. Patrick Smith about it, then give us a shout closer to the time because we might just have a big session. Ooh. Just do a special. And just then we would complete the trilogy, wouldn't we? That would. Just cap it off nicely. And it's Dark Souls as well, you know, bringing it all round full circle exactly. again. We could call it after the name they've given the flipping last bit of DLC or something like that. The Ring is Complete or something. What they Ooh. called it? The Ring the ringed, of Ignition? The Ring City, I think it's called. Ah, we shall see what it's about. Mm-hmm. I've not, I watched a little bit of the trailer. I need to go and watch it with... Um, I think I need to go and watch it a couple of times. I wasn't sure about you... But I was kind of like, mm. I didn't play Ashes though of of um, Arindale or whatever. Hand it played up, good, but the law was bad. There you go. It played ah, good, but the law was bad. There we go. I shall wait for for you and Mister um, CJ when you talk about it on the potentially next um, Twin Humanities episode. Yeah, in but three is there months. Anything... <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that you are also covering at the moment? I mean, Kingdom Death is one of these out there far away ones but is there anything mm. else you're looking at um i tend to what i tend to do is i tend to when i'm about and about near about and about when i'm out and about uh near board game shops and, and comic shops and stuff i always tend to have a little nosy uh yeah. what's in and what's new and what, what i see all the time that sort of thing um i'm kind of pining after a couple of the, the classic ones that i've not managed to get to yet um i keep hearing people talk about carcassonne and yes. I've never played Carcassonne. And it looks like one of those classic ones that everyone's played. And I feel like I should. I got it for my birthday. Ooh. Yeah. Have you played I've it? Yet to play it. Have, you, have you played, played it, it before? I, I kind of have played a lot of the of the game, the, mm. um, the phone app. But I haven't played the cardboard one, which is a shame. It's like, why are you running a board game podcast if you haven't played Carcassonne? It's like, because I haven't. <laughs> okay. 
there's lots <laughs> of games that I've played that you haven't played. And I haven't played Carcassonne because I don't like the taste. It's too popular, um, isn't it? Well, everybody talks about it. So, And then I got it. My brother got it for my birthday because he says, oh, you've never um, played this. I know that. Apparently, the little sweetheart went back and checked through all of the show notes for all of the episodes what? of We're Not Wizards to see if what ones I'd, um, we had talked about and then took a guess and says, I'll get Car- Carcassonne because that looks like a... So, bless you. That's a That's really good to thing to do, actually. <laughs> to look back what, and think, what haven't, haven't you done? <laughs> yeah, okay. What show notes or... <laughs> no, no, the idea of looking back through them. Yes. It's good. Yeah, just, really nice. yeah, so that was very, very clever. So it was nice. So I got that. So that was all That was all kind of fine. Um, yeah, so we're going to do that. I think, yeah, we have to do... It would be silly not to do something Dark Souls related, considering where our paths have previously caught across. So... I think we shall be mm. we shall be endeavouring to do that. Um, I think this is a good place to tell people if they like what they've heard tonight. Where can they find you? God, many places, but they shouldn't. Many. Um, but I know. But I mean, I'm not talking about like Thursday nights or anything like that. Yeah. What I'm talking about is. <laughs> I don't think people, my, my, my kitchen could accommodate that many people. No, no. If people have listened tonight and they've went, yeah, um, Richard did as usual. But Paddy, he was outstanding. I'd like to hear more of him. Where could they hear and find more of you on the tinted So wins? this, so mythical, mythical listener, um, I, uh, you can find me uh, in one main place, really. Uh, Twitter's the main place I live online uh you can find me at paddy stardust on there uh mm-hmm. where i talk a lot about dark souls and video games in general um they'll also post up uh links up to the podcast uh, which i do with my lovely pal cj uh yes. it's called twin humanities we talk about dark souls quite a lot um we also do another show called other oh, humanities which you mentioned at the start where we talk about everything that isn't dark souls be it Video games at first is what we started with, and now it's sort of descended more into us talking about comics and manga, and CJ talking about his tokusatsu, which is his sort of Japanese yes. Ultraman, Super Sentai type of stuff, which he has gone head over heels for. Um, oh, brilliant. Anything that takes our fancy, really. We just, just turn the microphones on and just yak. Um, you can also find us on YouTube, which is at Twin Humanities Pod or something on there. Um, oh, okay. We post all the podcast episodes up, and recently, this is good I'm doing this now, because this is the first plug I've done for it on a show. Um, in the summer, I did a charity One Bro uh, stream where I played the game Dark Souls 1 uh, without levelling up, so you play at level 1. And I got to yes. the halfway point-ish, which is Anor Londo, and I stopped, and I just didn't go back to it. And recently, I've gone back to it, so I've been putting episodes up once every two, three days. Uh, I'm currently two episodes in. Third one. Oh, third one's gone up today. Actually, third one's gone up today as of recording. I was um, watching it. Oh, thanks. Um, so they're ten to fifteen minutes long. Uh, what I try and do is I'm, I'm trying to take questions from people to, to talk about while I'm playing because no one just wants to watch me just play a game with no commentary other than huh, oh I'm dead again. Um, <laughs> so I've been taking questions from people in the YouTube comments. So if you have any questions you'd like to ask me, please dump them in the YouTube comments and I will get to them soon. Uh, but yes. I've been having a lot of fun with it, and it's a good reason for me to get back and finish the damn thing. Uh, so you want to watch a man play a very hard game in a very difficult way and not do very well? Please, please it's come watch. Worth, it's worthwhile watching, because it is always super entertaining. Thanks. It's really hard doing it by yourself as well, because that's why I ask for questions, because... <sighs> 
just talking by yourself for two hours is really hard. I do it usually on most podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> but without even that person in the back going, hmm, yeah. Mm. Mm, you have to yeah, imagine they're going, mm, hmm, yeah. yeah mm. You're like, uh, mm. are they listening? Are they are they going to go, hmm? Are they going to, hmm? I don't. I know, are we waiting? What's the validation's just not there, and you start to go into a spiral of self-worry. <laughs> it's like, how many people are actually watching us? Are they listening to me? Can I throw out some absolutely ridiculous lore out there and maybe get caught? Oh, <laughs> oh don't put that ideas in my head. Oh, that'd be so funny. You could just invent something. This is Ornstein. He's a baker. <laughs> he is a baker. And this is... <laughs> Smoke, he's the dough. He's, he's he's the candlestick maker. He's made of dough. That's why he's he called Smoke. He's, he's, he's the small man. <laughs> he's the Pillsbury small boy. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Dear. I'm into the And bad if you take if he took his mask off, he would just like you know ooze out. Ooh. He's I'm going to come after you because you've got celiacs and you've got a wheat intolerance. Oh, no, no. <laughs> my aching gut. Oh, my God. That's oh, the real undead curse, isn't it? That's just, you know, let's, yeah, you have to do that now. I'm expecting it on the next okay. run. Okay, next episode, um, bad law. <laughs> for those people that want to keep an eye on what we're doing, we are also all over Tinterwebs and you can find us on... On uh, Twitter, on We're Not Wizards. You can find us on Facebook at We're Not Wizards. You can find us on, on Stitcher and we're on iTunes. You just search for We're Not Wizards. We're on Instagram. You can email us, which is magic, at we're not wizards.com or .co.uk. The, many, the main thing is, though, is to remember that we are many things. But we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Paddy? I grapple wizards. I like to hear that. Put them into the ground. Turn them into a trough. Or put them into a frozen river. (laughs) Anything you want. Um, Listen, um, thank you so, so much for um, spending your time, your valuable time, having a natter. As always, you're a fabulous gentlemen to have a conversation with and I have had a vast amount of fun this evening oh, um, thank you so much, it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure again, thank you <laughs> and in three months time we'll do it all again Yay! <laughs> it's brilliant um, so the only thing is left to do is to say bye bye so it is a bye bye from Paddy bye and it is a bye bye from me um, stay safe roll sixes um, watch out for watch out for ogres that say hello to you in a friendly manner who offer a hug. Until next time, bye for now. <laughs>